Does anyone here have nomophobia? It's a real fear, by the way. It's the fear of losing your mobile phone. <laughs> no mobile phobia, nomophobia. All the teens are like, yep, I got that fear. I should be diagnosed immediately, right? Like no, nomophobia. It's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing uh, how I will often react when I, when I think I've, I've lost my phone. Have you ever lost your phone? Or ever thought that you lost uh, your phone? I, I can leave the house without my wallet and be fine for the whole day. But if I leave my house without my phone, I wonder how I'm going to survive the day. It's kind of sad, really. Is anyone else like this? Or is this just free therapy for the pastor today? I don't know what it is. Several days ago, uh, I went to the gym like I often do and then headed to the office uh, for, for the day here. And I was, still had my headphones in, listening to a podcast on my phone. I came into my office, put my lunch in the fridge, put my bag uh, on my office chair, looked down at my desk where I thought my phone was, and my phone wasn't there. So I looked at the, on the counter in my, in my office, it wasn't there. I looked in the seats in my office, it wasn't there. I looked in the bathroom in my office, it wasn't there. Like my phone was nowhere to be found. Remember, I'm listening on my headphones to a podcast on my phone. So then I started having these progressive thoughts of fear. It's amazing how we jump to the worst possible scenario. I started thinking, did I drop my phone outside? Is my phone in my truck? Did I leave it at the gym? Does somebody have my phone and they're stealing my identity? Like I didn't know what was going on. So I was ready to go out to my truck, actually drive back to the gym when I realized I was holding my phone. <laughs> so either I'm very old or very dumb or both, I'll let you decide, uh, be the judge on that, but loss is a powerful thing, is it not? Like when you lose something, you can, you can panic, even start to wonder, how could I ever live without that thing? So if I respond, if we respond like that to something as trivial as a phone, how will we respond? How will we feel when we actually lose someone we love or lose something important in life that we love? This is week number three of a sermon series we're in called Even So. What do I do when life doesn't go my way? And today we're talking about loss. And I think loss is the hardest part about life not going our way. If you're new here, by the way, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And whether you're in the auditorium or joining us on video somewhere, I'm so glad that you are here Today We started this series on, on Easter Sunday talking about how when life doesn't go our way, it's very easy for us to live in the reaction of that moment. When in fact, God wants to empower us to overcome that difficult season by living in the resurrection and not the reaction. Last week, we, we talked about feeling alone and specifically, the things that are stirred up within us when we face seasons of loneliness, things like discouragement, depression, anxiety. We even touched on suicide last week. If you've missed either of those uh, Sundays, I would encourage you to jump on our website, elementchurch.life, and you can get caught up on all of our sermons there. When it comes to loss, everyone goes through it, right? Everyone. Everyone. Like all of us, you either have already, you are now, or you will in the future suffer great loss in life. Aren't you so glad you came to church today? This is already incredibly encouraging for the group, I can tell. Like all of us face seasons of, of loss. Even Jesus promised that we would have trials and sorrows in this life. 
John 16, records Jesus saying this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I've said this every week in the series, but this is one of the reasons why I believe the Bible is the word of God and why I believe in the Christian faith. That if someone were trying to make up a religion or trying to make up a manual for a religion, you would want to make something up, a religion or a, or a manual that's so alluring, so positive that, that people would have to believe in that religion. But that's not Christianity. That, that's not the Bible that we hold to. Like God never hides the most difficult parts about life. He doesn't try to trick us into believing in him or, or following him through, through Jesus by only sharing the good parts about our faith. And don't get me wrong, there are some amazing parts about faith in Jesus. Amen, Christians in the room? There's amazing things. But God just puts all the cards on the table. And he says, if you're gonna follow me, there will be many trials and sorrows in this life. Now, you still may not believe in God or give your life to, to following him through Jesus, and we will love you and welcome you here, whether you ever believe that or not. And yes, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you are going to suffer loss in this life. The only difference is, and it's a big difference, that when I believe in Jesus and experience loss, even great loss, because of Jesus, there are some things I still have in the midst of the greatest loss. That's the big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. Believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. That believing in Jesus does not remove loss, and boy, do I wish it did. Because convincing people to follow Jesus would be way easier if I said, hey, by following Jesus, you'll never experience loss anymore. That would win a lot more souls. So believing in Jesus does not remove loss, but it does remind us of some things we have in the midst of it. For instance, Jesus himself said, we read it, I've told you all this so you'll have peace in me. So even in the midst of the storm, there is a peace we can have in Christ. He said, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So there's this overcoming power that, that helps us endure the storms of life. So we have peace and, and power to overcome the world. We've talked about those things in the series that will continue through this message and next week as well. Believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. So here's the question I think we've got to answer today. What do I have in the midst of loss? What do I have, if I do have something, what do I have in the midst of of loss. The main scripture is Lamentations 3, 18 through 26. Uh, Lamentations is in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, just after the book of Jeremiah. So if you turn in there in your Bible, you can find it there. Uh, it's written by the prophet Jeremiah. And this passage has become one of my favorites in scripture. It is so powerful, and I hope it'll be powerful for us today as well. I, all the scripture I'm reading will be on the screens too, so by all means, follow along there if you want to. If you don't own your own Bible, we'll, we give them away every 
week. Please don't leave without one. We do believe it's the word of God for your life. And so you can ask for a Bible out in the lobby from a volunteer. We'll get you one free of charge. Here's a little bit of background to where Lamentations, uh, where we find ourselves in Lamentations. The book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah in response to the captivity of God's people who were taken to Babylon. Jerusalem, the the capital city of God's chosen people, the place where the temple of God was, where the presence of God dwelled, that city was overrun and destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The walls of the city were torn down, the temple of God was demolished, Thousands of people were either killed or deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. In Lamentations 1, Jeremiah describes the ruins of Jerusalem. In chapter 2, Jeremiah agonizes as he watches starving children, weeping mothers, uh, lying prophets, and, and enemies of God who were mocking God's people and God's city. And then in chapter 3, Jeremiah has lost hope. Loss has a way of stealing our hope, does it not? It steals hope. Look at what Jeremiah says, verses 18 and 19. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is what? It's lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Have you ever lost so much? Have you ever felt so much grief that there were no more words? Jeremiah knows how that feels. Then verse 20. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. So believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. So what do I have in the midst of loss? The first thing I see is this. Number one, we have the freedom to grieve. We have the freedom to grieve. Now I know for some of us in the room, this might sound trivial or like common sense, like, wow, Pastor Jeff, profound truth here, freedom to grieve. Of course we have freedom to grieve, but as I've been preparing for this message and praying over this day, I just kept coming back to this feeling like someone needs permission to grieve. Someone needs permission and freedom to re-grieve something or to keep on grieving something that happened in their life. So I don't know who this point in the sermon is for. Maybe it's preparing me or us for something in the future. I don't know. I just believe God wants to reassure someone today, in your loss, you have the freedom to grieve. Notice what Jeremiah said. I will never forget this awful time, as I grieve over my loss. I will never forget. Meaning, just because I have faith in God doesn't mean I have to forget the loss that occurred. That just because I have faith in God doesn't mean I've gotta force myself to stop grieving. Unfortunately, in my lifetime in the church, there have been seasons where I've heard well-meaning Christian people kind of criticize other Christian people for the grieving they are going through. As if because we believe in Jesus, that should be enough and we should no longer grieve things in our life. That is not true, by the way. 
that you have the freedom to grieve. It's actually in my faith that I am reassured of my freedom to grieve. That, that the grief over some things in our life, it never goes away, ever. That grief might change over time, but it never goes away. Just a, last week, I had a chance to spend several hours with my grandma Manus, my, mom, my dad's mom. Uh, I flew to St. Louis. I preached at a men's retreat last Friday and Saturday in Missouri, but I had a window of about four hours uh, of free time. So I stopped by my, my grandma's house uh, on the way to this retreat, got to spend some time with her and, and see some family. My grandma will be 96 years old in June, which is incredible. 11 years ago, uh, my grandpa, my, her husband, uh, he, he passed away. And when he passed, he was 89 years old. They had been married at the time of his loss. They'd been married for 65 years. Unbelievable, right? Like unbelievable. So my grandpa, like he lived a long, full life. They lived a long, full marriage together. Uh, he, he, he loved Jesus with all of his heart. So we are fully confident that we will see him again one day. So now... 11 years after he passed, after 65 years of, of being married, having a long, full life together, fully confident that we will see him again in heaven one day, you'd think my grandmother's grief would be gone. But as I sat there and talked with my grandma about my grandpa, the, the, the grief isn't the same, but it's still there. I could see the tears well up in her eyes as she talked about the husband that she loved and still misses today. Listen, when we lose someone, there is a level of grief that never goes away. And I know that may not sound encouraging to you, but I hope it's setting someone free today. That like Jeremiah, there are some things that happen that we will say, I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over the loss. Friends, you have a freedom to grieve. And do you know why I know that we have a freedom to grieve? Because our Lord Jesus himself grieved. And if he did, then we can too. In John chapter 11, one of Jesus' closest friends, Lazarus, he, he dies. And by the time Jesus got to the family, it had been four days since his death. Jesus met with the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, and they were, they were both, both sisters were overwhelmed with grief over the loss of their brother, overwhelmed with, with questions about their loss. And, and spoiler alert here, I, I won't tell you what happens in Marvel's Endgame, it's awesome, you should watch it, but spoiler alert here, Lazarus is about to walk out of the tomb. Like in a few moments, Jesus is gonna call to Lazarus and he walks out alive. So you'd think if Jesus knew Lazarus was walking out of that tomb, he had nothing to grieve about, right? But John, one of the 12 disciples, records Jesus that, that when he saw the sisters weeping, and the scripture says when he saw the people wailing, John eleven thirty five, 35, then Jesus wept. Three words in the English language. And they may be some of the most powerful words in scripture. That Jesus himself grieved. 
he mourned with those who mourn. So for those of you who are walking through or have walked through loss in life, in Jesus and because of Jesus, you have the freedom to grieve. And for those of us who are not walking through a season of loss right now, as the family of God, as the body of Christ, we need to give them freedom to grieve for as long as it takes and as many times as it comes back. And to go even a step further, like Jesus, we, the body of Christ, we need to grieve with them. That is what the family of God does. Romans 12, 15 says this, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. So for those of you who are grieving loss, we, we may not feel it the same way you do. But listen to me. As your family, we are grieving with you. We're grieving with you. That believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. So what do we have in the midst of loss? We have the freedom to grieve. Jeremiah said, I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. But, but even though we have the freedom to grieve, I want you to notice the very next thing Jeremiah says. This is where the, the passage takes a turn. He says this, verse 21, yet, or it can be translated, even so, that even though my loss is great, that even though the grieving is heavy, and even though my hope is almost lost, even so, I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. We sang that earlier. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't that powerful? So the second thing I have in the midst of loss, number two, is this. I have the faithful love of God. The faithful love of God. And I know right there, on the inside, some of you are offering me some pushback. You're saying things like, okay, Pastor Jeff, I can get behind the freedom to grieve thing, but faithful love of God, are you serious right now? Like, where's God's love in my loss? Where's God's love in my grieving? Where is God's love in this awful time? It sure does not feel like he's being faithful to me. It feels more like he's fighting against me in this moment. And if that's you, I get it. I do. I, I understand that in some seasons of grief, it can feel as if God's love is not there. It can feel as if God's not being faithful to you. Even it feels like he's fighting uh, against you. It, it, it might even be one of the reasons that led you to not believe in God, or at the very least, has led you to question or doubt God. And listen, I don't know why God allows these things to happen. I don't. I don't know why disease strikes one person and not the next. Why God seems to protect one person and not another. I don't know why. Believe me, as a pastor, I wish I had an answer to why. As a pastor who has, has walked many people in our church through the worst seasons of life, I wish I knew why 
those things happen. I don't know why. And listen, there isn't always a reason why something happened to us, but there is always a reason why we can endure. That I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, even so, isn't that a powerful transitional statement? Even so, that, that yes, I hurt, but yet I will hope in God. That yes, I'm in pain, but yes, uh, yet I trust the presence of Jesus. That, that yes, I've experienced great loss, but yet I am filled with the faithful love of God. That yes, I have many problems, but yet I've been given the peace of Christ. That, that yes, I have lots of questions, but yet I am confident in my God. Listen, church, don't let your yesterday be greater than your yet today. Yet I will hope in him. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. And listen, the faithfulness of God is not measured by how great our life is. The faithfulness of God is measured by how great his love is for us. And that love was on full display when God himself in the flesh died on a cross for you and me, proving his forever faithfulness to us. Believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. So what do I have in the midst of loss? I've got the freedom to grieve. The faithful love of God, and then verse 24 says this. I say to myself, there's powerful things here in speaking truth over yourself, church. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord's my inheritance. So my hope's in, in him. That my hope is not in my health, because my health can be taken away. And my hope is not in my happiness because happiness is rooted in my circumstances. My, my hope is not in my wealth because someone else will always have more. And my hope is not in my family or friends because even they can't be with me forever. All those things are great things and at times our life is filled with them all. But all those things can be taken away in a moment. So I want my hope to be rooted in something that lasts forever. So I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I hope in him. And why do I hope in him? Well, verse 25 tells us why. Because the Lord is what? Good. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. That my hope and God's goodness is not based on what happens to me. It's not based on what's going on around me. It's based on what he is able to do on the inside of me, that he is good to those who depend on him. And what good does he do? He gives peace in the midst of the storm. That Jesus said, I've told you all this, so you'll have peace in me. He gives power to endure the storm. 
He, he said that in this life, you'll have many trials and sorrows. You'll suffer loss. You'll have grief, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And if I have overcome the world and I live in you by faith, guess what that means you can do? Overcome the world. So there's an overcoming power he gives us in the midst of the storm. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to all who search for him. He gives them peace in the midst of the storm and power to overcome the storm. And then verse 26. So it is good to what? To wait. Some of y'all are gonna be so sick and be talking about waiting by the time this series is over. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. There's, there's coming a day, church. There's coming a day when we will be saved from the pains of this life. There, there is coming a day when there'll be no more sorrow no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more grief, no more loss. But until that day, even so, I will wait upon the Lord. That believing in Jesus won't remove loss from our life, but it does remind us of what we have in the midst of it. So what do I have in the midst of loss? I have the freedom to grieve, the faithful love of God, and number three is this, the promise of a future good. The promise of a future good. And listen, I know when you're walking through grief, the promise of something down the road doesn't do much good. I know. But this promise it's not a promise that your earthly life will be better. This promise is a promise that your eternity is secured in Christ. That there's coming a day, an ultimate day of salvation, when we shall meet the Lord face to face. But that day only comes for those who believe. It only comes for those who believe. That whether you believe in Christ or not, loss is coming down the pike. But when I believe in the midst of loss, I've been given this amazing freedom and blessing to grieve and Jesus grieves with me. Psalm 56 verse eight says that God keeps track of our sorrows. He stores our tears in a bottle. Some of you are like, for me, that's a really big bottle. And that's okay. It, it says he actually writes down our sorrows in a book. Why? Because he wants to walk with us through it. I have by faith in Christ, the faithful love of God. And that faithfulness is not measured by what's happening to me or around me. It's measured by what he's done on the inside of me. That there is this peace and power that only Jesus gives to those who believe. And there's a promise of a future good. That, that, that life might be spinning out of control right now. But by faith in Jesus, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the tears, all the grief is coming to a final end. And I'll stand face to face with my Lord. And I will never hurt again. And you will never hurt again by faith in Jesus. 
I, I had a, a whole plan on how I was going to end this message today. And then Pastor Jared in the very first service shared during worship how it just felt like a fog, a heaviness. And as I began to preach, I was going to end by, by doing a simple call to salvation. That it's only by faith in Christ that you have access to these things in loss. You, you can still grieve, like you still have freedom to grieve, but the faithful love of God is not, I don't get those things. The promise of a future good, I don't, I don't get that without faith in Christ. And believe me, if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus, like Jesus died for you. You get that? God in the flesh died for you. So you wouldn't have to stay dead forever. That by faith in him, you can have forgiveness and eternal life with him. Like if, if you're here and that's you and you want to talk about that, man, find me. Find a pastor, a prayer team member in the back. We'll talk to you about faith in Christ. But the, the whole room just shifted for me when Jared said that during worship. And I just felt like we need to be a family today. We just need to be a family. And I know there are some people in this room, you've suffered great loss and you're still grieving. And I wanna pray for you and I want your family to stand with you and pray for you. So if you are here today, I don't, I don't even know what it is or how long it's been, but if you're here today and you have, are, are grieving loss of some kind, I wanna pray for you. So I want you to stand right where you are. If that's you, stand up, you're grieving loss. If you're near any one of these people and you are a believer and you're comfortable doing this, would you just place a hand on a shoulder, stand with them and just pray for them and wait, pray with them? If you're comfortable, any, anybody around here, if you can find somebody to stand near. God, we need you right now. We need you. And Lord, there are people standing who only you know the depth of their suffering and the depth of their grief and what they have lost. And Lord, right now as a family, we are asking you in the name of Jesus, to pour out your faithful love on these people. Lord, would you unleash in them a freedom to grieve as long as it takes, as many times as it comes back, would you grieve with them, store the tears they're shedding in a bottle, walk with them through this loss. Remind them of your faithfulness, God. Even tomorrow, as the sun rises, your mercies begin afresh every morning. And Lord, would you right now affirm in our family the promise of a future good, that this right now may not be good, but there's a promise of something coming that is good and cannot be taken away. So Lord, would you descend upon these people right now? Would you be their comfort and be their peace and be their power in the name of Jesus? Lord, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Listen, I, I promise there are happier Sundays coming, okay? <laughs> promise. Like, this has been a, a heavy season we've walked our church through. Like, the last series was seven weeks. Seven weeks. All we talked about was the bloodied, broken Jesus for seven weeks. And then now we're doing like four weeks on life sucks, then you die. <laughs> Basically. And I promise there's something good coming, okay? Like the next series we're starting, even the name itself is better. The name of the next series is just simply called Glory. <laughs> like, yes, glory. We need some glory, right? Even, even in, t- in two weeks, two weeks from today is Compassion Sunday. And on Compassion Sunday, we celebrate and we highlight and promote Compassion International. It's a worldwide uh, a child sponsorship organization. And on that Sunday, two weeks from today, we've got a young man whose name is Kennedy Crezzi. And he was born and raised in Africa, was a child sponsor from Compassion and met the Lord and now lives down in Colorado. He is the founder of a company. He's a well-known hip hop artist in his home country in Africa. And he will be here to preach the message and also share some original hip hop with us which is like, yes, we need that. We need some hip hop to lift up our spirits, right? And so Kennedy's gonna share about how uh, God changed his life through compassion. It's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. So I know we've kind of, we've had a, like an emotionally deep several weeks. That's, that's a good thing. I think there's some depth. There's some depth to the roots that God's putting down in some souls. And there, there's times for celebration and there's times for, for mourning and we're in one of those kind of mourning seasons. That's okay, it's okay. There, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, if you're, if you're new here, I promise we're not always this emotional, uh, but we're okay when it happens, right church? When God leads it, we're okay. We'd love to see you in the living room before you go if you are new. If this sparked up something that you need prayed for, uh, a prayer team will be in the back. They'll stay as long as needed to pray for whatever you got going on. Uh, next week is Mother's Day. We'll finish this series talking about how did Mary, the mother of Christ, how did she respond when life didn't go her way? It's gonna be, I believe, a powerful message. I hope you'll be back for that. I love you guys so much. I am honored to call you family, all right? I love you guys. Have a great week. You're dismissed.